Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. That's right. That's the sound of rock cracking. Once again, you've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. We're glad to have you. And <laughs> it is September. It's getting just before fall starts. But I tell you, it's still hot in Mississippi. It's hot across the nation. And politics are hot. And it's, it's some folks, it's heating up. Why? Because we know that the Attorney General, Attorney General Bill Barr, now has in his possession uh, the, uh, the Department of Justice Watchdog's draft version of alleged abuses that includes the FISA report. So we've been hearing about for a couple years now. We've heard about Russian hoax, Russian hoax. And it, it wasn't the mainstream media said Russia, Russia, Russia. And then after uh, the report, the Mueller report came out, it's just been quiet. It's been nothing except for, oh, yeah, they, I think the uh, Judiciary Committee of the House uh, started what is the equivalent, equivalent of impeachment proceedings last week. But not only that, uh, these things are stirring up. Yes, it's getting hot. And today's... To take a step back, today's show, we're going to be talking about politics and religion. So what does that mean? Well, you better hang on to your seats, and we'll get to get to that in just a minute. But first, let me tell you, Ed Henry on Fox News, he's been out a little while with some health concerns. He's back, and he had a show, and he had the uh, Matt Gates, the Florida congressman, I think, first district of Florida, and they were talking about someone who's really in the hot seat. We we talk about hot splitting politics, rock splitting politics, and how hot it is. And Andrew McCabe is on on the hot seat. Uh, they uh, his lawyers went to the Department of Justice, tried to argue he shouldn't be charged or put this stuff out of the way. But now he possibly uh, could even face some jail time. We don't know. But this is what Ed Henry asked. A Florida Congressman, conservative Matt Gates, about take a listen to this. Republican Congressman Matt Gates, who sits on the House Judiciary Committee, and of course is a close ally of the president. Good evening, Congressman. Good evening. Uh, I wonder whether you think justice is finally coming for McCabe and others. Uh, we do. You know, on the day that Jim Comey was fired, Peter Strzok sent a text message to Lisa Page saying, we better get that case open we've been talking about while Andy is the acting director of the FBI. Mm -hmm. The very next day, Andrew McCabe opens the obstruction of justice investigation into the president. That is where that investigation began. Andrew McCabe is also the very same person who took the Hillary Clinton email investigation out of the hands of the D.C. field office and put it in the hands of the senior leadership team where politics 
politics appeared to be more at play. So central to both of those investigations, now McCabe appears to be potentially at the uh, business end of an indictment for his false statements where he was trying to shape the media narrative regarding how the FBI and the Department of Justice were impacting on the, or were interacting mm -hmm. on the Hillary Clinton email investigation. But Congressman, haven't we heard this before? And so I wonder what is going to be different this time, because I bet our viewers are a bit skeptical tonight that they've heard McCabe, Comey, justice is finally coming. And yet it seems like they wiggle out of it almost every time. Recent reporting indicates that McCabe's lawyers made their last-ditch appeal to mm -hmm. the senior leadership of the Department of Justice to receive special or different treatment, maybe because McCabe had served at the FBI. The reporting indicates that the Department of Justice is going to apply the law equally to everyone. That means Andrew McCabe. It means the president. And I think that is the right standard. But here, the facts have Andrew McCabe dead to rights. He lied to Comey. He lied to the inspector general. And he lied to the internal affairs investigators who had determined that he had authorized the release of information that disclosed the work that was being done regarding the Clinton yeah. Foundation. Very serious and also no real dispute on those facts. Right. And it's also alleged that McCabe then tried to throw others beneath him under the bus and blame them uh, for the leak. So that is something that... that well, beneath uh, him and above him, which is what ripens the question you yeah. asked Andy about Jim Comey, because McCabe said, well, Comey knew about all these things. Comey disputes that. So now we've got some of the uh, swamp creatures chewing on each other for once. Yeah. Well, 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 it does look like a, a former acting FBI, uh, head of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, may be on the hot seat. And all his political friends may not be able to get him off that hot seat. And uh, we would like to know what is going on further in the investigations of what Attorney General Barr is checking about. How did the Russian hoax even start? Well, we, I hope inquiring minds will find out very quickly, but probably will be a little further down the road. But let me say this. We'll keep you posted right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And if you want, again, if you did not listen to the show a couple of weeks ago about uh, Patrick Byrne, former CEO of Overstock, and last week, you may take a look, this stock took a beating when he uh, uh, was caught up in some of this mess. And in the stock the last couple of weeks, a uh, couple months, it had a beating, and, and uh, over the year, really. But man, it jumped up last week. Uh, and nothing to do with Patrick Byrne, but uh, I'm just telling you that <laughs> that overstock has been a roller coaster ride for whoever owns it. And let me just say, go back and listen to that show though, because one of the most bizarre shows because there was some, a bizarre interview. Not uh, it's, it, it wasn't me doing an interview. Took it off Fox News, and you hear Patrick Byrne on Fox Business News, and then Fox Martha McCollum. That is one of the craziest shows I've ever done. So go back and listen to that a couple of weeks ago. Listen to that show. And today's show, like I said, we, we're going to get into uh, politics and religion. But last week I, I went and talked to a local Republican club, and I gave out some trivia questions. Now, I don't have any gifts for uh, my radio listeners, but let me, let me give you these, uh, three of these trivia questions. And see if you know the answer. Of course, you can Google that or go to the search engine and find it. But let me see if you know this. 
And on the second half of the show, I'll give you the answers. We'll just say at the end of the show. How about that? First question, trivia. The Republican Party was started in 1854. The first Republican candidate for president of the United States the for the Republican Party was who? And it was not Abraham Lincoln. I'll give you that clue. 1856 election. Who was the Republican nominee for president of the United States? And here's trivia question number two. Teddy Roosevelt, known as a great Republican, one of the great Republican presidents, and he has his uh, face emblazoned in the Mount Rushmore. But after he ran and won as a Republican, of course, he didn't win as a Republican. He got in office by the death of President McKinley. He was vice president. Some people hated him in New York, and they wanted to get him out of the governorship of New York, so they put him on a vice president list and he got it and he ended up being president quite a a very uh brash uh, president and then uh he won election for four more years after he was in and he said he wouldn't run again and so he was a lame duck to begin with but later he did run but he did not run as a republican what party did teddy roosevelt run for uh as he ran the second election for the president and it was not the republican party question number three in 1980 some of you were alive at that time as the first presidential uh campaign uh, uh, election that i got to vote in 1980 the republican field had quite a few not as many as 2016 but had several people running for president of the united states for the republican nomination and of course we know ronald reagan won that but Ronald Reagan, in, during the primaries, his economic policies were called, quote, voodoo economics. And the Democrats just hung that around his neck many times. But there was a Republican candidate for president who gave him that, or gave his policies that nickname, voodoo economics. And we know Reagan really turned America around and helped uh, end the Cold War by America's strength. And, and might in military terms. So in part of Reagan's economic plan helped uh, push that through. Now, so who called him, who called his policies voodoo economics? Three questions. We'll talk about them at the end of the show. But now, let's get to religion and politics. 2019, elections coming up 2020. What are we going to talk about? I was brown when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face. Well, that's Mick Jagger to Rolling Stone singing Sympathy for the Devil. Now, what I'm playing that about, and we're talking about politics and religion, well, sometimes it seems like the devil is in the details and the devil's in the politics. Is that not right? Well, <laughs> we are going to talk about that, and it comes from both sides. You know what really, 
really has just baffled, and I mean really baffled, the leftists, those who um, uh, love uh, left-wing politics, really the atheists too, but they are bamboozled. I mean, they uh, just, they pull their hair out. How in the world does Donald Trump get such high approval from the evangelical Christians of this nation who get out and vote? That is a question that ever since Trump was elected, they knew that the evangelicals supported him in a strong uh, way, and they have tried to pry that support away. That's why Stormy Daniels was such a big deal, and it may come up again. They want to hammer Donald Trump time and time again about anything of his past, that he's a moral failure in many ways with his uh, family as far as uh, been married three times and uh, talks about adulterous affairs and books that were printed. And yet, how in the world can this playboy, casino-owning person here get be backed by the evangelical community and it is still drives the left crazy they still want to know and we talked about this on the show a couple years ago but i thought we need to bring it back this 2020 election is coming up and there's a book that really explains this better than any other way when we talk about politics and religion and this is not on just what they call the far right, as the uh, conservative uh, Christians. I mean, Barack Obama went to church after church. Michelle Obama. The Obamas were in churches all over during election year. So don't say this is on the Republican or conservative side. It's on the Democrat side, the liberal side. And so how does religion and politics mix coming up in the 2020 election well we're going to go back to this book by george barna that's the author and george barna has been a decade for decades is just uh an astute uh polling person who knows how to poll and uh check trends out and it, but he does it uh with uh christian community involved and trying to what he calls sage cons that means uh, uh active Christ- christians that uh will get out and vote but he he uh he he studies them and that and he calls them the sage cons but he he has really put that uh, together the book it says the day this is the title of the book the day christians changed america and the subtitle is How Christian Conservatives Put Trump in the White House and Redirected America's Future. Again, books like this will drive the left wing crazy. And we're going to get into that, what that book says. First, let me remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. we got a website we'd love for you to check out. we got a book there you can go and click on the front page of that book called bedrock truth written by doc holiday dr alveda king and dr alex mcfarland and you can read that book and it talks about the bedrock truth that we need in this nation and that we were built on that these are the foundations our country is built on 
and we do believe we need to get back on those strong foundations so if you hadn't got the book yet order that book you can go to www.docholiday.org holiday spelled spelled two l's but you the easiest way to do it is go on the front page of our uh our rock splitting politics page right on webtalkradio.net and you can um click on the cover of bedrock truth that's the easiest way to get right there to the website to order the book got some more books there love for you to order those and we'll get those copies out to you now we heard the sympathy for the devil and mick jagger playing and and sometimes both parties think uh we gotta have god on our side and why he should be on our side because we are supporting what uh the values of god are well, like Abraham Lincoln said, we don't want God on our side. We want to be on God's side. And that's that's what we're talking about, politics and religion. And can you do it without getting in a fight? Well, let's talk about what George Barna found out. There was a day back when most evangelicals did not get behind Donald Trump. Some did very quickly, right out of the gate. One of Trump's biggest supporters was Jerry Falwell Jr. Now, for those who are young, you may not know, but Jerry Falwell Sr. was very instrumental in getting the conservative Christians together in 1980 to help elect Ronald Reagan. Now, here it was uh, actually, what, 36 years later that evangelical Christians helped put in Donald Trump and against all odds now I'll tell you that I know a lot of uh, evangelical Christians I won't say I, I, mean, I do know a lot but I know several quite a few refused to vote for Donald Trump they said they could not do it they could not vote for a man like Donald Trump and my first uh, what I would say in 2016 was if Donald Trump does nothing more than pick one Supreme Court justice, and that goes back to one reason he won, I think, a lot of evangelicals because they realized he would have a Supreme Court pick right off the bat because there was an opening on the court. And I believe that is one of the things that helped sway because Everyone knew Hillary Clinton was going to pick someone that's pro-abortion, pro-left-wing uh, communism, everywhere you turn, kind of judge. And that really brought a lot of evangelicals around, even though they might hold their nose and look at Donald Trump and everything he stands for and brash and just uh, cocky and no, no humble pie anywhere around for Donald Trump. And again, it's passed, but there was a meeting, and the book talks about this, where Donald Trump came and spoke to the evangelical community, the leaders that have been for 20 years, ever since Jerry Falwell put people together in the 1980 election. There's been a different segments that stayed together since then in different forms, and these leaders came together, and a lot of, of course, newer leaders that have come into the group, and it's not just one group, but they they maintain contact and meet at different meetings over the year, and they came together with Donald Trump, and and just to to hear him out, 
And he said he was pro-life. And most people really didn't believe it. But they had to look at between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton on life. And even though Donald Trump said he'd be pro-life and was pro-life, not many people believed it because in the past he was for abortion. And they just could see somebody lying to him. And and they but they knew Hillary Clinton she would definitely be pro abortion. And so even though they might not trust Donald Trump, they went with him in many cases. And like I said, I know a handful of friends that said they could not vote for him. And I'm sure that happened across America. But enough people got out to vote and Donald Trump brought out people who hadn't voted in decades probably in some cases. And he won that election in a way that's just is still almost like a miracle. And there's people in an evangelical Christian community that treat and look at the election of 2016 of Donald Trump as a miracle. And what has happened is Donald Trump has been uh, our friend that, again, I helped write a book together, Dr. Alveda King, the niece of Martin Luther King Jr. And she says that there's never been a more pro-life president. And this has been her uh, life's mission is civil rights for the unborn. But she says we've never had a president that has stood up for life as strong as Donald J. Trump. You know, it's amazing. I mean, every time you think of somebody from New York, you think, okay, here's liberal, here's liberalism. And he might say he's conservative, but he's going to, be uh, on life he's going to bend on that issue because Rudy Giuliani and all these uh, Republicans that come out of New York you just can't uh, expect him to be a strong life pro-life person when it comes to the abortion issue and yet Donald Trump has been more than that by appointing judges on the federal bench not just the Supreme Court on the federal bench and used to Republicans would sort of put their head down and say, "Yeah, I'm. I'm going to fight and try to find some pro-life judges." They won't even. They wouldn't even want to whisper it. They. It's just like they just didn't want the news to know about it. They. they but now Donald Trump, he just spells it out. I'm looking for judges who are pro-life and will be pro-life, <laughs> and the pro-life community just can't really believe he how strong he is. So. This book that George Barner wrote, it talked about the meeting with Trump, and it didn't win all evangelicals over, but it got them thinking, got them looking. And when it, and when it came between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump had never been in office before, he did not have a track record, but he assured them that, you know, what was in the past, the way he lived, you know, that he was happily married with Melania, and that he would make them proud if they put him in office. And he has really been a friend of the evangelical Christian community. And he chose the, the choosing of uh, Mike Pence as his vice presidential nominee to, to run, be his vice president. That gave reassurance to the evangelical Christian community. And just like George Barna said, the day Christians changed America. And George Barna, uh, he has a group that uses computers that try to copy what uh, Barack Obama did in 2012 to win re-election with his uh, computer team. And that's where uh, there's a group that put things together to try to help get the Christian community out to vote on in, in elections. And he's 
They strategically look at different places, states where you need, you know, if you're going to get beat 80 to 20, there's not a whole lot you can do in that. But if you can get in a precincts that are 50-50, 45-55, and you get out a strong evangelical vote, you can switch some districts, switch some counties, switch some uh, states. And that's what they work toward. And uh, that's that's this is that community that the press does not understand, proven by the fact that they can't believe Hillary. They think Hillary, some people would even say that she could be a minister. We heard that when she was running, there's some uh, people that said, oh, she could easily be a minister in the, in her church. And, and <laughs> But, you know, when it comes to standing up for life and things that are in the Bible, she even said we're going to have to change people's mindset on religion to get them over this abortion question. She wants to change religion. What's the old saying, you know, don't change, don't make us change our religion, but, uh, you know, let's change the person that's in office if they're going to try to do that. But that, that is the one thing that the left doesn't understand, and just like they don't understand Donald Trump, they can't understand why when it comes to putting, nominating Supreme Court justices, it's so important to the evangelical community to make sure that they get someone that's pro-life. And Donald Trump has held a line. And it's not only that, some other things. When it comes to Israel, there's a big group in the conservative Christian community that watches Israel and wants to see our ally, the only you know dem- democracy there in the Middle East, to see our ally Israel supported strongly. It's very important to many uh, evangelical Christians. And not only that, the other things is uh, lower taxes. They've got a tax cut to help help pay for families, in some cases large families. You know, the evangelicals don't follow the one or two children. And sometimes some of them will have four, five, six, some of them 10, 12, 13, 14, even up what the Duggars got up over around 20 or so, didn't they? Uh, that's... <laughs> So those are the reasons why the evangelical Christians got behind Donald Trump. And and 2016, in some people's books, is still called a miracle. George Bonner captures that in his book, The Day Christians Changed America. And it's going to be interesting to see the platform fights for the Democratic Party and the platform fights for the Republican Party, the Republican Party is just as conservative as it ever has been in 2016. Many people said it was the most conservative platform the Republicans had ever had. It stated that marriage between a man and a woman. It stated a pro-life, uh, uh, the pro-life platform. And the Democrats had none of that and even tried to vote God out. And now what's going to happen in 2020 in the platforms? We don't know yet, but I can tell you that politics and religion, if you want to see how important it is, look at the platforms and see how each party uh, puts their platforms together and what they stand for, and let's, let's see what changes between 2016 and 2020. <laughs> It'll be uh, actually an exciting thing that most people won't cover, but we'll watch that here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Now, before we finish the show, next week... <laughs> We have another great show coming up, but I need to tell you some trivia answers, don't I? 
first. Now, in 1856, the Republican Party, they ran their first presidential candidate, and his name is John Fremont. So uh, Fremont was the first candidate to run for the presidency of the Republican Party. Now, Teddy Roosevelt ran as a Republican and won, but later in his life, a few years later, he ran for president again. It was not on the Republican Party because Taft was on the ticket, and it was the Bull Moose Party. And basically, that's where Woodrow Wilson uh, got in there and got the uh, started pushing things that uh, were going to the liberal left in many ways. And then uh, in 1980, Ronald Reagan, when he's running, his policies were coined voodoo economics by none other than George H.W. Bush. Bush Sr., first President Bush. Before he was ever president, he became Ronald Reagan's vice president, but he was the one who called Reagan's economic policies voodoo economics. Well, those voodoo economics did us very well, did America very well. And that's some interesting facts and some trivia questions. If you don't know, you can talk to your friends about it. This has been... Really, a show like we hadn't had talking about politics and religion and the 2020 race coming up. But the most important thing that I can tell you to be looking at when it comes next uh, year in 2020, look at the platforms by both parties. And let's see. It will reflect their spirituality and what they believe in. And does faith come first or politics come first? Which drives the platform committee in the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. Let's watch and see. Hey, it's a good bit of part of your life here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Next week we'll have another great show. I'll see you then. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.